poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, Coach Brad, and today is Tuesday, which means it's a very tactical day, and I am joined by John. What up, John? How's it going, Brad? What, what, uh, what happened to the Nuffler, bottom right-hand corner? We lost them? It's the bottom or left, left. Sorry, sorry. Left hand. It, it's tough. Le- your left and your right. It, it's a, it's a tough, um, tough thing. But for the podcast listener, we have a, a little slide at the bottom left where the Nuffler used to be, and the Nufflers no more on on Tactical Tuesday. We fed the Nuffler to the CPG Wolves, and you know, it's a long, drawn out process. There is tribunal, trial, execution, roasting. Um, and a quite, feast. yeah, it's a feast. It's quite, quite the dramatic ordeal. You can still buy the roasted corpse of the Nuffler though at <laughs> chasingbookergreatness.com if you so choose. But wolves is going to be the going to be the thing that is my major priority in growing, scaling, expanding. Just because it's such a fun program. Um, what is it? What for people who? Who might be listening to Tactical Tuesday for the first time, or yeah, so it's a it's a co- coaching for profit um, arrangement where you get to plug into a group, including myself, yourself, um, Shu, who's a CPG private coach, as well as a bunch of other players who are hell bent on chasing poker greatness, realizing their full potential. Um, it's a two year program, and uh, yeah, it's just team atmosphere, team environment, learning from each other, keeping each other in line. I think these are things, you know, we were talking about that just now, the importance of having a network and a community when you regress, when you're not playing at the, you know, to, to your fullest capabilities, it's a rare thing to have somebody that kind of holds you accountable and keeps you in line um, and smacks you in the head and is like, yo, what what are we doing? We're we're playing badly right now. We need to do better. Right. Yeah. Poker is definitely one of those activities or games where it's like it's really hard to self-diagnose like you need third parties you know uh just kind of like to take a look and, and have an unbiased opinion on, on what you're doing because you know it almost always feels like you're playing well <laughs> right and it, it i was telling you just a few minutes ago too that like it's really hard you know i don't know how people do it on their own knowing what i know now like i don't know how people do it it's like such a tough tough path um, when you're not getting feedback, it's, it's harder to grow. It, there's just so many things that make it way more difficult that it's actually kind of shocking to me that folks can actually do it on their own and play relatively high stakes. So I guess, uh, uh CPG if you're interested. Yeah, we are now, application. now accepting applications. We're also going to have some wolves podcasts in the near future as well to keep everybody abreast. Yeah. Um, but now we got some tactical things to do, right? More pocket jacks. Yeah, con- congratulations, guys. You, you learned how to play them last week, and now you're going to learn even harder this week with, with more jacks. 
Um, what's the theme of today's show? Uh, so we're going to be looking at multi-way spots where I squeezed pre-flop, meaning that someone opened, someone flatted, and then I three-bet. Um, and uh, kind of unintentionally, actually, both of these hands uh, go multi-way pre-flop. So both the opener and the caller uh, call my squeeze. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to be looking at multi-way squeeze spots. Perfect. So multi-way squeeze spots. Uh, you want to break down the action for the podcast listener? Yep. So uh, playing 510, no limit, six max cash. It looks like all regs at the table. Cutoff opens to $25. The button flats to 25 I'm in the big blind with jack of clubs, jack of hearts. Uh, going to be three betting or squeezing this spot um, every single time. With pocket jacks, I make it $130. Both the cutoff and the button call. Happy day. We got a family. Yep. Um, so you're out of position here relatively to the other two players. The flop is seven of diamonds, eight of hearts, 10 of diamonds. There's 395 in the pot and everybody has relatively the same amount of money. You have 935. Um, so SPRs a little bit more than two here. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your, you know, the, your thought process in this first decision point in the hand. So regardless of flop type, um, I am going to be checking range uh, out of position versus two players when uh, I get into this kind of multi-way squeeze situation. Um, I just think it's like by far the easiest strategy to play and like the easiest way to manage your ranges. I think if you do start betting, having a betting range and a checking range, it's really easy to uh, just not have enough bluffs and be like just you know bet like only your over pairs and, and stuff like that. And not not to say that that's like some terrible strategy to like you know have some like you know over pairs and flush draws or whatever that you bet and like that's all you do. But I do think it is easier uh, to manage everything when you start with check. And so uh, just going to be checking every single hand that I get to uh, in the spot. Yeah. And also when you start by like having a betting and a checking range, you can find yourself just always check folding, right? Right. Because you're you're checking the bottom of range and you tend to be betting your more equity driven hands. So it makes you way more transparent. Um, With that said, I don't mind betting with this hand. I think you could bet the flop. I think you can check the flop. I think you can do whatever you want on this board with your exact hand blocking Jack nine, you've got equity against anything. And like, however, you know, you could just open rip the flop, I think, and it, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, just because you have an overpair with the, with the gut shot. Um, but since you have your strategy here, you check the cutoff checks and the button bets a third. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we have another decision. Uh, so again, my strategy in this spot, very, very, very simple, uh, check jam over pairs and diamond draws and like maybe a handful of, of, of other draws that, uh, can't think of off the top of my head right now. Um, I don't know, maybe like some nine X of hearts or something like that, or queen jack of hearts or something. Um, probably don't even honestly don't even need to go that deep. I think if you just check jammed over pairs and flush draws, that would be a a very reasonable strategy. and, And that's, uh, what I decided to do. There you go. And we get one fold and the button calls. And I think it's totally fine. I think you should check jam. You want to protect your equity. You want to realize your equity. Um, the range that calls you, you're going to have decent equity against. And villain will you know, also fold some hands, which is okay as well. So really 
again, not much downside into anything that you do here with your specific hand. I, I think though that I would be less inclined to like check jam aces on this board. Um, I think just because, yeah, I think it's a different situation with aces because you don't have the gut shot, um, which reduces your equity. So how would you play aces? I don't know. I would cry. I'd be sad about. I feel all, like we should like we things. should mention that too. By the way, like this flop is is pretty terrible for the pre flop three better and very very good for you know I think especially the button who who cold calls twice, um, yeah, but also yeah. pretty good for the cutoff. So yeah, like just I'm not like ecstatic about like jamming over pairs here. Like I I think you know it's all three sets are very much in both players' range. Maybe not so much the cutoff once he checks, but certainly, certainly in the buttons range. Um, wouldn't be shocked to see tens, nines, eights, or sevens. I think you don't want to have a diamond with your over pairs for sure. Mm-hmm. If you're check jamming them, I think having a diamond is is way worse than not having a diamond. Yep. Um, I would probably just check call aces and then I don't know, figure it out on subsequent streets. Yeah, it's probably kings as well and queens as well. Um, I think it's just like quite quite a difficult situation, honestly. Right. So, so you you think like those four gut shoutouts are 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 a really big deal, basically. I know they're a big deal. Yeah. I don't just think they're a big deal. <laughs> uh, I know, I know that they're they're quite yeah. a big deal here, and need like it makes it more difficult for Lynn to have like Jack Nine. Um, yeah. 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 Like having it, six outs versus set is way better than two. Yeah, it's exactly. Having six outs versus set is way better than two. Um, you know, you got like 10% equity with two and um, with six, you, you've got like a quarter, which is quite quite a major difference. Um, so anyway, and also like if they have seven, eight suited or two pair, 10, eight or 10, seven, something like that, then, right. you know, the Jax also has more equity there too. So you jam and villain calls, which is, is what it is and uh they flopped a set of tens which is a good flop for them so they they did well um they flopped a set and they got the money in against an overpair so (laughs) nothing to really say i think beyond um yeah beyond the flop just it is i mean this is is like one of going to be like one of the probably like one of the most common outcomes of like check jamming here is like yeah, yeah they're gonna have sets and so you know, they're they are gonna have there's like not to say that there aren't like any worse hands that call off like i think like diamond draws are you know definitely gonna call here i think nine to eight nine nine ten yeah. maybe ten nine yeah yeah all those hands can right um so for the podcast listener though to recap uh we squeezed multi-way out of position flop was ten eight seven with the ten seven of diamonds um we there was 400 in the pot. John checked. Villain bet a third, 130. And he just ripped it for like 935. And Villain called and flopped a set of 10s. And John got destroyed. So, so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like, you know, just not to be like results oriented or whatever, just like having like a, a takeaway from, from this hand is like having like a clean, easy to execute strategy when you're out of position as the squeezer. Um, and just like being like knowing exactly what you're doing with, with like, with your entire range, not, you know, confusing yourself with like having a betting range and checking range on the flop and just like having this very ex- easy to execute strategy of like check jamming over pairs and, and, and diamonds. Yeah. This is quite convenient of you to not be results oriented when you get crushed. <laughs> <laughs>
It's hard to self-diagnose, man. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite convenient, that. Um, all right, so this is the first hand. The second hand includes one jack, but not both jacks. So we're gonna we're mixing it up here on Tactical Tuesday. Um, stick around after the break. Another multi-way squeezed spot. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Free Flop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your preflop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. Before boot camp, I had been playing for maybe 15 years, somewhat seriously, always trying to get better, jumping from learning program to different learning programs and training site to training site. Kind of feeling a little bit lost, not really knowing how to go about getting better. And preflop boot camp just felt like a great starting point, a way for me to to move from being a losing player to, to possibly a winning player. It felt like the right first step. Once you jumped in boot camp, what was your experience like? Well, first off, I realized that I'd been making a lot of mistakes prior to boot camp, kind of learning what rangers should look like and what hands should be played and what situations. You know, it was it was exciting because I I could see what other people had been doing to me, what kind of what I had been missing in my game. And then from there, just the whole camaraderie of everybody that's um, signed up, working together, trying to achieve that goal. You know, that, that was fun. That's uh, pushing each other and really helping uh, one another, kind of feeling like you're a part of a team. It was, uh, it was a great experience. I, I enjoyed the process and I learned a lot. What was your experience like playing cards post bootcamp? It's a totally different experience. You know, it put me in a position to be successful as opposed to always being behind the eight ball and, and playing catch up. Um, I really feel like it's it's the foundation of, of a solid poker game. And uh, since boot camp, I've been able to, to turn a profit and keep building on what I learned there. You know, being able to go back into the group and uh, re- really work together even after boot camp was over, it's it's been awesome. What's your sample size of winning post boot camp? I think I have 70,000 hands played by now. You know, I'm a father and I have a job, so I'm not a, a professional player by any means. That's my sample size. Preflop Bootcamp is the flagship Chasing Poker Greatness training program. If you'd like to dramatically upgrade your preflop game, a new bootcamp launches on the last Saturday of every single month. The price is $199 and your link to join is ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. One more time, that's ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp, all one word, or you can click through in the description box of this episode. All right. Welcome back to this no non-results oriented episode of Tactical Tuesday. We're doing playing it like professionals today where the results don't matter. Um conveniently for John. Now we have this second hand 
We have an ace and a jack of spades. You want to just cut to the chase, dive right into the action? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so someone that looks like a reg, uh, we only have two hands on the, on the HUD stats and not much, to, not much to see from his stats other than he, he has a big stack. And so just going to assume he's a reg for now. Opens to $30. Small blind, who is almost certainly a fish. She's playing very short and also finds us flat in the small blind, um, which is generally pretty fishy. Decides to flat the $30. I'm in the big blind with ace of spades, jack of spades. Uh, as like in the previous hand, I decide to squeeze. I make it 120. And the cutoff calls and the small blind calls. So we go three ways. I believe in you in this this pot, John. I think you're going to win this one. I'm really, right. I think you got it. That's how I feel every pot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've re- I really, I, I, I have the energy read that you're going to crush it here. Right. Um, <laughs> 360 in the pot. Flop is Jack of Diamonds, 10 of Hearts, 8 of Diamonds. So we have another uh, board with a straight available and a flush draw. You have top pair, top kicker. Um, now you're second to act. So is your strategy going to be any different than the first hand? Uh, no, but let's let's go back like one one step real quick to preflop. Um, do you think there's any merit in not squeezing once the fish flats the small blind? No. And just okay, all right. Just wondering, because like, <laughs> like sometimes what happens is like you know you you isolate the the opener who looks like a reg, and then the fish folds, and you're like, eh, is this, is this really what I wanted? Like, yes. All right. All right. Easy peasy. All right. Back to the flop. Back to the flop. Yes. By the way, that's um, a thing about, uh, you know, podcasts and interviewing and question asking. Uh, try, we tend to avoid the yes or no questions um, for that, for that reason. Um, Just a little, little pro tip for you there. I wanted to know the answer, the yes or no answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, Screw the audience. I got to know. <laughs> I can't even remember. Have we told the podcast what the flop is? It's uh, Jack to eight, two diamonds. Now, the question was, is your strategy going to change here being second to act instead of first to act on the flop? Uh, no, I don't think my strategy is going to change at all. Um, just going to be checking pretty much every single hand that I get to the spot with, certainly all my one pair of hands. Um, I think, again, just having like a, just a range check strategy just simplifies everything um, and, and makes like, you know, makes the strategy significantly easier to execute and doesn't, you know, open up your checking range, like you said, and you're just check folding everything that you check. So flop gets checked through and the turn is the 10 of spades. Not too excited to see the 10. I think the cutoff can certainly have all the 10x in their range and I'd expect them to check all that. Obviously, the small blind can still have everything, including straights and, and all the 10x. Um does feel like it downgrades my top pair top kicker a little bit, but not the end of the world. Small blind checks. Uh, I check again. Anything you want to say about my second check? No, I think it's fine. Like okay. The villain who's in position certainly has 10x in the range. You certainly have 10x in your range. I think like checking just makes a lot of sense there. As you said, it you know, the 10 pairing promotes villains, middle pairs, and now villains, middle pairs beat us as well. So yeah, checking just makes a lot of sense. Uh, and the cutoff in this hand, there's 360 in the pot. They bet 205 on the turn. The small blind folds, and I don't think there's anything you get to do other than call. 
Yep. So that's what I go ahead and do. Call the 205. Deuce of diamonds on the river. Front door flush completes. Um, not particularly worried about the flush getting there. Um, I would expect the uh, cutoff to bet their flush draws on the flop quite frequently. I think like one of the flush draws that don't get bet on the flop are probably is probably a hand like 10x of diamonds. Um, that can very easily find a check back once once they do have second pair. But I would have expected most of the naked flush draws to bet uh, to put out a bet on the flop. So wasn't too worried about the deuce of diamonds. Um, if I did check here and face a jam like I do, uh, mostly expected to run into 10x when I do lose. Um, but still, I think this hand is just way too strong to to consider folding. On the river? Yeah. You don't think so? Mm. I don't okay. know. Maybe I should have considered it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I... I think you probably should consider it. Like, I think you don't beat any value, obviously. Um, villain's never jamming King Jack, so we don't dominate any value. Like, is Villain turning pairs into bluffs? Do they have incentive to turn a pair into a bluff? Like, if they have 8-9, would they even bet the turn? I don't think so. Or 9s? I, I wouldn't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think they're turning a pair into a bluff. So, like, their bluff region needs to be something like King-Queen, Ace-Queen. What else? Is there? Yeah. Just, yeah. Like I'm kind of just hoping they have like those uh, hands and maybe some like really wild like seven six suited that just you know are yeah. going crazy. But I do like give I don't know especially regs like a little bit more credit for being able to go crazy like once I checked twice and it just I don't know maybe I maybe I was I just felt like oh like you know I checked top pair top kicker twice like how how can I you know how can I fold like they can just they could just well, go be going crazy with the seven six of clubs or something. As we said on the turn, where middle pair pairs and that promotes the 10x, yep. they, the river that completes the flush also promotes villain's flush draws. Mm-hmm. So now we're looking at straight draws and also the unnatural hands of like, uh, who knows, you know, seven five of hearts, I guess, is, is yeah. one, one that comes to mind. Pocket sixes or something. Yeah. It's uh, so funny. Seven five suited was for some reason one of the ones that came to mind for to me too i have no idea why i guess that has a gut shot actually so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the old seven five of hearts um so i i'm actually not sure what to do on the river and it, i think you should consider folding but i also think that like you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place after the double check where you know this is really why checking strong hands multi-way is good because we don't want to end up in spots like this where we're like, well, great. Like they can just rip everything. Like what do we call with? Um, so is this hand strong enough? I mean, if they have like ace queen with a diamond, I think that's like the primary hand that can just do this. Um, but yeah, again, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Um, you do call though. Yeah. You, I, I don't remember how long I considered folding, but I don't think it was very long. <laughs> Probably not yeah. long enough given our given our analysis of this hand now. Yeah, you called quite sure. Another thing that like another thing that that has to happen too is like they need to check the flop with King Queen and Ace Queen as well. Yeah, right, 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 right. Which is like almost as unlikely as them checking diamonds. Like Right. So like the hands that we're like looking to beat need to also check back the flop and like it feels like Ace Queen is a very natural stab here facing um, the fish check and, the, and then your check. So, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not as convinced on this river call as you. 
Mm. Honestly. Okay. Wow. What happened to the energy read? I thought you said that I was going to crush it this time. Yeah. Yeah. I was just fooling the audience, you know? They. <laughs> <laughs> I was just tricking them. I was giving them some hope that maybe you want a hand in on Tactical Tuesday this week when. Oh. Not this week. I, I knew the case. They they have the six <laughs> six three of diamonds. They river to flush. And yeah, John is minus 2,000 for this week's episode of Tactical Tuesday. Quite the loss rate there. Yeah. Man, maybe that, that would actually be a fun thing to do. Go back and like tally my win-loss on Tactical Tuesday episodes. Yeah. Somebody in the audience who's like very ambitious, get get to it. I'm... <laughs> I'm certainly not that interested. <laughs> I'm not as interested as you. As it sounds like you are when you said that. <laughs> I forgot when we started doing Tactical Tuesday. Was that did I was I playing 200 and L at the time or no? No, I think you've always been playing 1K and L. Playing 1K, L, okay, GT, yeah. yeah. I can't remember what episode this is. Like 70 ish. Um, so wow. Been, yeah, and I don't think we've missed many. Have we missed one Tuesday? At least. Oh, we've we've definitely missed like one like like Christmas New Year's time. We're like, ah, you know. We're both off. What are we like pretending that we have family and loved ones? (laughs) (laughs) You know we were just on a Zoom call talking to each other. (laughs) Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. (laughs) Exactly. Um all right. Well, good show. Good show this week. Uh as we mentioned earlier in the first hand, the first segment, um, cpgwolves.com, we're accepting applications to the program. So get on that if you are interested. And um, yeah, I got nothing left to say. See you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.